see you. Glad to have you. Thank you for your participation in the singing, the praying, and all the parts of the worship, and also the parts that are up forthcoming. Thank you, Foster, and uh, again, thank you. I want to take this time to say thank you for all of your expressions of sympathy and love and expressions of love through cards, calls, text messages, flowers that you uh, render on behalf of the uh, death of my brother. And of course, the funeral was yesterday. And just thank you so much for your prayers. You made a safe trip over to Birmingham and back. And uh, all is well. We, we, we move on and life continues on. But I do want to especially say thank you for all of your kind expressions and your encouragement during that time. Keep us in prayer as we continue on with life. One thing I've learned, life don't stop and wait on anybody. Life continues to move on whether you want to get on board or not. You get on board and ride or you miss the train and you get left. But life continues on. The sun continues to shine. It continues to rise. It continues to set. And, but a day is coming. There will be a, a permanent set of the sun in our lives. Where it was set and our hands will lie folded in rest. Nighttime is coming. And the Bible said, you won't be able to do any work. So it said, work while it, it is yet still day. Now is the day, today is the day, to get things right in your life. To get things right with God. Because we don't know where death is. We don't know when our last breath will be taken. But rest assured, death is coming. Judgment is coming. And we shall be held accountable for the things that we've done in this life. We're going to have to give an account for them. And we will not be able to falsely accuse God of not giving us enough time. God only have to warn us once. And you know what? He's righteous. He's just. So I just encourage you, while it is yet still day, get it together. As the Hebrew writer said in Hebrew 3, the day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Don't be like your fathers of times of old. They tried God. They, tempt, they tempted God. And they just were rebellious in their nature. But it also goes on to say, there came a point where God got tired of that foolishness. And God, having no one higher than himself, he swore by himself that that group of people shall not enter into his rest. And they wandered for 40 years. 40 years they wandered. What should have been such a short journey turned into a 40-year experience. And they dropped dead daily. They dropped dead daily until the last one of that evil generation dropped dead. And then it was time for God's people to move on to that promised land that had been promised, that truly flowed with milk and honey, that was foretold and had been given unto them by God himself. Mm -hmm. Folks, 
We don't have time to play around. We don't have time to play games calling ourselves Christians. We need to be for real about the Christian way of living. Today we want to talk about a subject matter of removing the mask. Believe it or not, many people in life go through life every day wearing a mask. You think you know them. I think I know them. Many others think they know them. But the truth be told, many people live lives behind a mask. They live life behind a mask because for whatever reason, they don't want the truth to really be known about who they are. It's a sad thing to have to live behind a mask and not be able to just live and be who you are. So I'm hoping to bring out some points this morning that may help you if you find yourself one of these individuals living behind a mask. The reasons behind the different masks that people wear vary considerably, but they can be both positive and negative. Some reasons include to gain social acceptance, you know, to blend in and be like other folks. Some wear a mask to hide excitement. Some people just like to wear, you know, the image that, man, I'm just cool. I'm just cool. I, I drink antifreeze in the morning. And it just don't excite me and I don't boil over. Some people wear a mask to hide happiness. Some wear a mask to hide vulnerability. Some people are very, very cautious and they, they, they are not certain of themselves and they, they feel vulnerable around others and they wear a mask to try to fend off or to give a false impression about their insecurities. Some may wear a mask to hide the truth. Let me say that again. Some may wear a mask to hide the truth. You may come here, sing, pray, commune, give, laugh, smile, but the truth of the matter is, it might be all behind a mask. Because what's really going on in your life, you're hurting. You're hurting. It may be because of a spouse who may be inflicting not only physical abuse upon you, but mental, verbal. I don't know. All we see is it appears that you're happy. And some wear a mask because they don't want the truth to be known of how much pain they're really in. Some wear a mask to hide fear. Maybe you don't want people to know the truth about maybe something in your background or you, you, you may wear a mask and you dressed a certain way because and by trying to dress a certain way wearing this mask you run yourself in debt. You bring upon yourself financial hardship because you're afraid people might not accept you. 
for just who you really are. You know, when I grew up, we didn't have an abundance of everything, but if I could get away with saying this, my parents used to say, as long as you got clean drawers and the pants that you wear are clean, I don't care how many times a week you have to wash them. You're blessed. Amen. But you know, we've left that. Sometimes we hand down a judgment on ourselves that sometimes people are not even concerned about. Amen. Let me tell you, it's hard to live a peaceful life trying to live through the eyes of other people. That's a hard life. Because especially when you don't know the mindset of other people. Some people wear a mask to hide anger. Some wear a mask to hide sadness. Some wear a mask to hide depression. Some people, it's a struggle just to come worship. Some people are so deep into their depression when they should be casting all of those cares to God to relieve them of these pains, the stress, to relieve them and help bring them out of this depression, they can't trust God because of it. Because they have taken on the responsibility of believing this is how they have to live. I don't want to trouble anybody. I don't want to bother anybody, but we serve a God who wants to be bothered. Amen. Amen. But it's sad. Some live in depression, and they have accepted the lie of the devil that they shouldn't bother God. Amen. I want to encourage you today to bother God. Amen. I want to encourage you today to bother him. If it means helping you to come out of depression, if it means helping you to come out of a domestic relationship, domestic violent relationship, whatever it requires you to do to help you, I want you to trouble God today. And I want you to take off the mask. Somewhere a mask to hide pain. Sometimes people don't feel their best, but they made up their mind. I, I can hurt at worship just like I can sit at home. Amen. Praise God for you. Amen. Praise God. They may not be the ones who would come out and tell you about, oh, this hurt, that hurt. But they may be in pain. But nevertheless, they choose to move forward. Some wear a mask to deceive. Some wear a mask to deceive, and guess what? Some wear a mask to manipulate. Scary thought, isn't it? But it's true. What mask might you be wearing today? Are you really who I think I'm fellowshipping with every week? You may ask the same question, Brother May. Are you? <laughs> Who I think you are. Laughing and giggling and right. are you really who I 
think you are, who you paint the picture of wanting me to believe you are? Well, I can answer for me. You're doggone right. But I can't answer for you. Are you who you claim to be? That idea in your wallet may give information saying that you're that person so tall, weigh so many pounds, and reside at a certain address, but no, we, we, we're going beyond that. Are you who you truly say you are as a Christian? Because, believe it or not, there are stories in the Bible and there are people that the Bible reference who do wear masks. There are different types of masks. Sometimes people wear masks, identity masks, and they wear these masks to hide who they really are, and this happens in a variety of circumstances. <coughs> Someone who is a member of a gender, sexual, or relationship minority, like the LGBT, where they wear masks around anyone they are not out to. In other words, they haven't come all the way out. They don't feel the circumstances or the environment is ready or proven to be acceptable for them to come out to accept who they really are and what they believe. Sometimes this mask takes the form of dodging uncomfortable questions. Sometimes it means engaging in traditional gender roles just so that no one questions who they are. Sometimes folks come up in the Lord's house mm -hmm. saying, I'm a Christian. But yet, their behavior and their way of thinking is unnatural. Mm -hmm. I'm saying it can't be true. You can't be unnatural in your thinking. A man can have desires and lustful desires for another man. A woman can't have lustful thoughts and desires for another woman. As Romans 1 outlines and said, it's unnatural. And yet be a Christian unless you're wearing a mask hiding these things that you're doing in the dark. But rest assured, one day every mask is going to be removed. There are emotional masks. Sometimes people wear masks to hide what they're feeling. This happens for a lot of reasons. Many people come from cultural or family backgrounds that don't support or encourage the open expression of emotions. Mm. And we know that's true. Right. Some people may have been brought up and their daddy told them, men don't cry. Well, Biggest lie I've heard. <laughs> Let me hurt, I'll show you. Let me say that again. Let me be in pain and hurt. I'll show you. Amen. Men don't cry. You're weak if you cry. I guess you're lying on Jesus. The Bible says he wept. There are some cultural backgrounds that say stuff like that. 
and some people carry on that traditional belief. But it's not true. Amen. Others go through something difficult and find that people don't necessarily want to hear about what they're feeling all the time. So some people close up. And some people destroy themselves by holding this stuff inside. Have I found your mask yet? Often people who stop acknowledging their emotions to others also stop being able to recognize their own emotions. They become, they become a stranger to themselves. They become lost. Even among themselves, they stop recognizing who they really are. They become out of touch. They become withdrawn. That's not the life of a Christian. Mm. That's not how a Christian ought to be. If you spend too much time behind that emotional mask, things manifest in other ways. You may find that you have a hair trigger for anger. You quick temper. The slightest little things can set you off. Which is a defender emotion that protects you from vulnerability. You may find yourself engaging in numbing activities to perpetuate the mask wear, such as substance abuse, overeating, or compulsive shopping, or gambling, or anything else along that line. The bottom line is, as a child of God, there shouldn't be any mass failure. As a Christian, we develop and become Christ-like. No need for a mask. We become who God desires us to become like. Not perpetrating something else out in the world. You're almighty quiet this evening, this morning. Sometimes people wear situational masks. Sometimes people wear masks that help them adapt to different situations. The problem comes when you crave the approval, the approval of others so much that you lose any sense of who you really are. You're so busy trying to please others. You lose your own self-identity. When you have so many elaborate masks that you become a shaman. You become completely, I'm sorry, you can become completely lose or lose your sense of self-identity. It's important to get to know yourself so that you and your situational mask reflects a nonce version of who you are. Amen. Not a complete difference mm -hmm. to whatever group of people you're with. Mm -hmm. The Bible says evil communication corrupts good morals. Yeah. You need to be careful who you hang around. 
Because you hang around it enough, you'll wear the mask of it. Find out who you are. Come to an understanding who you are. And the only way God can help you is first you have to be honest about who you really are. Amen. If you don't believe you're a sinner, you'll never believe you need God's salvation. Amen. If you don't believe there is nothing you can do without the Lord's help, you'll never totally depend on him in making it in his life. Jesus said, without me, you could do nothing. But if you don't believe that, you'll never be totally dependent upon it. You'll never believe that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded from the mouth of God. You'll never believe that. And if you never believe that, God will never be able to help you. Amen. Because you can't play God like a sometiming chump. Let me say that again. You can't play God like a sometiming chump. You may be deceived and fooled within your own thinking that you're playing God. But you, you better get to know who God is. You can't use God and live any kind of way you want to and when something traumatic happened in your life, now you want to drag up the church. Amen. We see it. Let's be honest this Amen. morning. Amen. Some see God only as a resource to get what they want at that particular time and they go about their business. Amen. That's a user. Amen. That's a manipulator. Amen. Before I jump to that, I want to talk about this for a minute. A guy in the Bible who wore a And all we know of him so well. But I'm just hoping and praying I don't get in trouble talking about it too bad. And, I, when I, and the reason I say I hope I don't get in trouble, I hope none of his cousins are here in order. <laughs> his name is Judas. That's scary. Judas wore a mask. And man, he wore a mask. I want to share several scriptures with you in John 6 and 7. 7. John chapter 6 and 7. Mm -hmm. Jesus described Judas as a devil. Mm -hmm. You know, on one account, Jesus prayed and he said, you, You've given me 12. Well, and one is a devil. But even though Jesus knew his true background and what he was, the others did. He blended in, he went out and about. He served, he laughed, he, he went about with the other 12 and the others about God's work. Mm -hmm. He wore a nice mask. Mm -hmm. On numerous occasions, Jesus would say something and the other disciples and apostles would say, is it I? Judas said, is it I? Mm -hmm. 
See, a real faith, the real enemy, isn't going to walk in with a shirt that says, I'm the one. For them to do the damage and to do the work of their father, they need to blend in. They need to infiltrate. They need to get in the minds of weak members. They need to figure out where is the best angle of attack. And who are the ones I can use that I can persuade easily to turn against God and to tear up the church? Amen. In John 12 and 6, he was described and called a thief. And he carried the money bag. Jesus said he was a thief. Remember the woman anointed Jesus' feet with the ointment and Judas yelled out like a hit dog. He said, do you know how expensive that was? Do you not know we could have sold that for this amount? You know, if I, you know what? The Bible is right. And when I grew up, old folks used to say, boy, a hit dog will holler every time. See, Judas wasn't concerned about the work that Jesus had to do. Judas loved money. And Judas used the money bag for his benefit. You don't read or hear anything else about the others yelling about how much money we could have got for that. But it told where Judas' heart truly was. Amen. I hope none of Jesus' cousins ain't good. <laughs> Always going behind the leadership back talking about, well, how come we won't buy this? How come we won't give this? How come we won't do this? Amen. In John 8, 44 and 45, Jesus referred to a group of people. He said, you are of your father. The devil. And he said, because in the lust that he would have you to do, in the desire of your heart, you're going to do it. And last, Matthew 26 and 48, Judas was a seller. He was a betrayer. Let me say that again. Judas was a sellout. Yeah. Judas sold our Lord over for some pieces of seed. And he told, he told the goons for him, I'm going to take you to the place where he would take us. Everybody didn't know about it. And he said, and the one that I kiss, that's the one you, that's the one you're looking for. Judas was a sellout. He was a traitor. Anybody wearing a mask of a sellout this morning? Anybody went down into the baptismal water? and came out and decided 
I don't have to be committed. I don't have to come every Sunday. I don't have to give. How am I going to make it if I give that church all my money? Church ain't asking for all your money. The Lord ain't never asked for all your money. He simply said you give back in accordance to how you should. Right? Sometimes folks in the church are selfish. They can knock the direction that the church is trying to go, but they ain't lending a hand to try to build up. <coughs> they don't pray for the church to advance and move <coughs> forward, but they are so criticized as if they're hoping and praying something terrible happens, and then all they're going to do is just run and go somewhere else. Amen. Amen. They don't offer the preacher no encouragement or anybody else who, who, who's laboring, trying to do what's right. Mm. But they're the first to scream when they need something. Amen. Amen. Mm. 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 Amen. <laughs> anybody wearing Judas this morning? Mm. He was a sellout. He was a betrayer. And for us who have obeyed the gospel, been down in the watery grave of baptism, who said that I surrender my will and my life mm. to you, Lord. And for whatever reason, you don't see fit to hold true to that commitment any longer. What different are you than Jews? any different than Judas? What make you any different than a thief that Judas was? God did his part by offering the gift of salvation through his only begotten son. John 3.16 said that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but should have what? Everlasting life. God owned up and delivered on his part. Have you accepted it, but yet have run off and stole it without honoring the covenant conditions? I received the forgiveness of sin, the remission of sin. I'm a new creature, but man, now that I got it, and I ain't studying the church. I ain't studying, helping out, trying to build the church up. Man, I ain't, uh, man, I ain't studying about teaching nothing. I ain't studying about trying to help pick up folks who want to come to church. Should I go further? <clears throat> I think you do. Amen. Amen. 
today would be a good day to take off the mask. Because I don't care how well it may be painted on. God knows our faith. From any distance. You know, Hollywood had a way they could they could put costumes on and makeup on and they could change the whole appearance of people. They can make you look way old and they can even make you look young. That's Hollywood. We're not in the business of pretending. We are in the service, the business of serving God. We don't need a mask. We're one body. Many members. And we function together as one unit. I don't need you to pretend to be somebody or something. You're not. Because of the love, because of the long suffering, because of the understanding, because of the patience that we have with one another and that we share, where you might come up a little short, you know what? We can make it up. We could figure it out. We could keep the work going. It don't have to totally weigh on you. You don't have to feel any less of a Christian. That's why we have each other. To exhort, to build up, to encourage. Bear ye one another's burdens. But don't think you can make your troubles mine. You're still responsible for owning up to yours. So I say today as I close, why don't you just be yourself? Well, because God already knows who you are. Don't die. Don't leave this life with a mask on. The only thing we should be desirous of becoming is more and more like Christ. Continuing in his word. Being a Christian. That's what we should be desirous of becoming. Just a Christian. And you know what? As a Christian, I don't have to wear a mask. Christianity is a lifestyle. I live it. I live it. I don't have to take it off, put it on. I live it. And allow people to see me for who I really am. I belong to Christ. I will bear it with him. I'm going to rise. Amen. Please don't, please don't get get, get it mess, messed up this morning. That brother may mad at somebody. <laughs> Child, if, 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 is he having a, a, a reaction to his brother's funeral from yesterday? <laughs> no. There was a group back in the old days. I think it was the Dales. 
they made a song. They said, my pretending days are old. They said, I'm going to leave the acting to the stars in Hollywood. I, I, I would quote the words of the song for you, but you Google it. You see. My pretending days are old. Will you bring yours to an end today? Because I'm going to tell you, it's exhausting to live double lives. It's exhausting. And somewhere along the line, you're going to slip up. And folks are going to say, huh? And you're going to be said, oh, I hope they didn't hear that. I hope they didn't hear that. No. See, when you just live a Christian life, you don't have to worry about it. Because God knows who you are. You're here today and you're ready to give your life, to surrender your will to God. These are the steps. God awaits. God is ready to assist you in removing all of the faithfulness that you may have been living. God is ready to accept you and forgive you of all the lies and manipulation. All of the deception or whatever it is you may have orchestrated and been a part of, God is ready to forgive. And by surrendering your will and being baptized for the remission of your sin, you can arise out of that water a new creature. That's what Colossians 3 is talking about. Being buried with him. Only to rise, arise, a new creature. Just as Jesus was put to death, he was buried, but guess what? On the third day, he died. He didn't die because he was a sinner. He died for our sin. And that's why our hope and everything is in him. He conquered death. Sin could sting no more. The grave had no more power. So by you surrendering your will to become a Christian, by hearing, believing, repenting, confessing, being baptized, and living God, not a faith. You can please God. For us who are members, why don't you just be yourself? And to help encourage you, trust me. People are pretty good at sniffing out faiths. <laughs> and even though a person may not confront you and say, you know what? You need to stop faith. They know you. <laughs> Why not just live for Christ? Amen. Because the truth be told, ain't none of us got room <laughs> to condemn anybody. Amen. We all need him. Amen. 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 So you know what? 
Let's just work together. Amen. Grow together, love together, and then we can go to heaven. What's our song? 598. 598 is our invitation song. If you're subject to the invitation, we encourage you to come down front. Let us together sing. Let us sing. Uh...